what's going on everybody and welcome to another episode of Fly Fidelity. I'm your host, Luke Bailey. Credible content for incredible times and make sure you follow us on Spotify and SoundCloud if you aren't already. Also, make sure you check us out at flyfidelity.co.uk. And now for the main event. Credible content for incredible times. Friend of mine, friend of the podcast, D.W. Smith. Member of Knights of Hell, Hellions, Dirty Alex. What are you doing, man? Ah, uh-huh, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm really good. Yeah, good to be here, man. Big fan of the podcast, like you said. Thank so, you, yeah. man. We just came to party, let this motherfucker burn. Raise your drinks to planet Earth because we hear she's had a turn. If it's the end, my friends, we go and party to oblivion. The one chance of existing was like one in a trillion. We fucked it up and made religion, filled it up with greed, power, hungry, and jealousy, destroying to succeed. So We've we talked about this project, I, I like to think, pretty extensively. Yeah. And one of the things you said to me was that you were nervous about releasing it. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. A uh, lot, lot, lot of reasons, really. I mean, it was the timing of the EP more than anything. Um, it's, it's a product of its environment and its time, definitely. Um, but also, as a white dude making hip-hop, at the time where everything was going on from, from a kind of Black Lives Matter movement, um, I just wasn't sure, really, whether, whether it was the right time to, for a white guy to release you know, music of black origin, effectively, mm. in my mind. Mm. Um, and especially because, like, the EP has got... Um, it's, it's, it's based on Norse mythology. It uses that as a way of kind of threading all the themes together. Um, and I've recently found out... This is how ignorant I am to, to all of that, but um, I recently found out that within um, kind of the Norse culture, especially, Amer- like, certain places in America and certain places in Germany, there's a... Is a racist aspect to it, mm. um, which I didn't realise. You know, I always I always knew about you know Hitler taking some rooms and stuff like this and saying Vikings were you know the master race and all this type of shit, but I never knew that there was part of that culture. There was a there was a racist element as well. So that that, that played a little part of it as well. And I'm like, well, oh, I've used this theme, which I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by mythology in general, but more fascinated with Norse mythology. Um, because of the stories that they told and the meanings behind the stories and stuff like this. Um, but then I've used those meanings then and those stories to tell a story of the time as well. So, you know, COVID and Black Lives Matter and crazy conspiracy theories and all this. And that's, it's, it's been used to thread all that together. Right. Um, yeah. From the opening line on the first track, um, is it Meme as well? Or am I pronouncing Meme that as right? Well. right? Meme as well, yeah. I need some air to breathe. I mean, that's a line that could, it does feel like it could have been written in, in the middle of a pandemic. Was that was that written during the pandemic or was that literally just with relation to the naturalistic vibe on this album in um, Norse mythology? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it, uh, that verse was partly written before. Right. Uh, like most of the EP. Um, and then parts of it then were, were written afterwards. Um, it's crazy because it's quite sad and when I used there's a there's a lyric in there, um, three little pigs beating black kids with a stick. Right. It's the last straw, so I'm picking up a brick. Um, you using like the the kind of um, the the three little pigs storyline, and that lyric was written a year ago, and the fact that still relevant. 
Yeah, and it's sad that it is still relevant, isn't it? You know, it, it, like I would have liked to been able to look at that lyric a year a year later and be like, oh, I don't have to use that anymore. We, we're in a better place, but we're fucking not. We're in a worse place. And so that lyric then became really, really, I, I you know, I really wanted to use that lyric in, in the verse because, well, the verse takes takes a, a journey anyway from talking about like uh, how certain monotheistic religions can train your brain or, or make your brain go a certain way um you, you know when it comes to um homophobia um and then um uh kind of race hate and stuff like this really so it takes that journey then and i just i yeah so some of some of it was uh, so what i did is i dissected the verse into little bits uh and then wrote got rid of some and then wrote extra bits so it all kind of fit in to this almost new narrative um of yeah when, when i was writing it during a pandemic and during the situation insane it's crazy insane <laughs> crazy. I, lis- I listen to the ep and, and, and i hear these themes about addiction self-destruction ego demons or like you said it yourself just stand religion discipline sacrifice one of the biggest things i hear on this ep is this theme of rebirth sticking out the most for me are, are there any themes on this ep that challenged and pushed you the most to talk about yeah yeah definitely um again it's um it's it's the, the whole race right uh, thing that's going on at the moment. Well, I say it's going on at the moment. It's always been going on. Of course it has. But addressing that, one, one, thing, um, one thing that really helped me was the fact that I used Norse mythology, these stories, to be able to um, put that forward. So the, the uh, idea, again, for Mimi as well, is the story of Odin. So Odin had a quest to better himself as a quest to be a better person, to obtain knowledge and wisdom and all the things that he feels that if he gained all this stuff, he's going he's gonna to view the world differently and he's going to be better. And he, he takes this journey and this journey is really treacherous and he is going to meet a guy called Mimia and Mimia has a well, a well of knowledge. Okay. So it's an actual literal well, but it's the well okay. of knowledge. And what Odin wants to do is drink from this well and he will get all that knowledge then kind of thing. But when he right. gets there... Mimi is like, oh no, you can't have any, you can't, I can't have any of it. And Odin's like, I've just like, you know, I've almost died walking here. Like, what do I need to do? Right. And Mimi says to him, he needs to cut out his eye and place his eye in the well, and then he can drink it. Uh, and Odin has, you know, no, no problem. He just cuts his eye out, drinks from the well, and even though he's only got one eye, he can see better um, because he's drunk from this. And that story, in in general, this like kind of quest for knowledge and bettering yourself uh, is I, I've used that also to talk about privilege especially white privilege and mm. the fact that as a white dude I have to we all do um, you have to admit some things that are hard and you have to sacrifice some things from your life and the way you are um, and you have to yeah cut your eye out to be able to see to see better basically yeah mm-hmm. I mean how important was it for you not to only entertain people with this EP but to educate people engaging with it like you just said I mean yeah. how 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 centered to the experience was that for you yeah I think really really important man um, because I, I also wanted to make the EP where you know you didn't have to have an understanding or any knowledge of Norse mythology for one so you I, I wanted it you, you to be able to listen to it and you wouldn't have to go and grab a book or google something to understand what the fuck I was talking about you know um so the entertaining point definitely you know I want you to listen to it, I want you to 
hear the beats because I've made most of the beats on there. Yeah, most of them other than um, Fen- the track Fenrir um, uh, by DJ Alchemy. Shouts to Alchemy. Shouts to Alchemy. Um, so yeah, I wanted it to be um, entertaining, but yeah, of course, man. Like it's it's a it's a lyrical EP. Definitely. And Very like, much so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, was it always an EP or was there plans to make it an album? Or was, was it being an EP, was this body of work a decision based around, you know, people having such a short attention span since when you released your last project, Black Rainbow? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Five years ago. Five years ago. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah well, it was going to be an album. The idea right. was the album was called Odin. So if you listen to the first track, Mimi, as well, the concept for that track was actually the concept for the whole album originally. Mm. Um, so life got in the way, you know, it's like, you know, uh, I, I got, a, it, it felt a bit daunting at times um, making a whole album because I've actually never released a solo LP. I've never released wow. a, an album. It's only been EPs and mixtapes and stuff with the band and blah, blah, sure. blah. Um, so I kind of kept putting it to the side, oh, yeah, I'll finish that verse today, or, you know, th- there was a snare that was doing my head in on a beat, I'll go back in and sort that bit out, I'll do that today, no, I won't, I'll do it tomorrow, do-. and then it just never got done, and then uh, going into the whole lockdown um, situation, um, you got, you got more time, uh, during lockdown so many things happened, mm. um, and all of a sudden the, the creativeness um, kind of awoke and um the album didn't seem as an album it didn't seem the right thing to put out but there were elements of the album which i just thought i i you know that's going to fit an ep and that's going to be really good and and in fairness like uh you listen to the six tracks on the ep and i think that it does still feel like it could have been an album right you know? it's very wholesome people have been talking about the word cohesive to describe this project I, I think that's the perfect word to describe this EP it's one of it's the cohesive. best compliments like yeah. I could get like I, I, yeah it was really good to hear people say that and you know it feels like I feels like I've listened to an album but I want more and right. that's the, you know you can't get a better compliment than that really Absolutely. from my mind which is what you want to feel after listening to a project or consuming a piece of art the fact that you want something after that. You yeah. want to go back to this artist. And I hope that people go, do go back to you after this project and, and go back and navigate through your older, older projects as well. Yeah, Black man. Rainbow's out there. There's several projects, including two, which were also made during this pandemic as well, which we'll talk about. <laughs> um, it's out there right now, available to stream Edda. The best you can talk about the distinction between Edda literary works and Wales and poetry. Can you talk about that? How, how synonymous with each other stylistically that's a damn good question um yeah um well i i've read the english translation of the poetic edders um or poetic edders shall i say um and i haven't really read a lot of um welsh poetry from around about the same time for instance or before just bits um and and What's crazy about the poetic Edda and all the you know all the things that all the things that were written down um, from Norse mythology was the fact that the first writings, first of all, were written by Christians in Iceland. Nothing was written down before that. So before these stories were told orally um, by you know Norse people, um, and nothing was written down until um, Snorri. 
something, I can't remember his surname, um, wrote it down and he was a Christian guy that lived in Iceland um, and just felt that they needed to be written down. So, of course, they're probably very watered-down versions to potentially what the stories would have been. Um, And you see that in other forms of literature, especially, especially, and I don't want to, you know, bang on about, like, religion and stuff like this, but especially when Christianity is involved, Mm. um, because it does tend to suppress quite a few of of maybe the things that we see now as maybe violent or over-sexual and all this type of stuff. Um, But there's so much humour in it. There's more humour in Norse myth and the stories than than any other kind of myth or poem or anything that I've kind of written that read from the same time or around about the time and all this type of stuff. You know, there's a there's a story where Thor's hammer gets stolen and he find they find out who stole it and the guy the guy who stole it is like some big monster guy who lives in a hall with like loads of other monsters and stuff and he's like, Yeah, you can have your hammer back but I wanna I want I wanna marry Freya, who's this beautiful goddess who, who lives in Asgard with Thor and all this type of stuff. And they're like, how are we going to do this? Like, Freya's like, there's no way this is happening. It's your fault you've lost the hammer kind of thing. Sure, right. Sort it out, bitch. And um, uh, Loki comes up with an idea. Or somebody comes up with an idea um, that Thor should dress as a female, uh, as the bride, and go there dressed right. as the bride. So Thor's this massive guy with this massive beard, like massive muscly dudes. And you have the whole story of um, him being dressed up in loads of gold and this dress and all this type of stuff. And Loki then turns into a female to accompany him to this place. And they go there and uh, this guy just wants to get Thor, who he thinks is Freya, into bed and get him married and shag him and all this type of stuff. And uh, they bring out all the dainty food for the ladies. So they're expecting Thor to like, you know, eat these little cupcakes or whatever it is at the time. And he's like munching all this meat, down in this mead and all this type of stuff. And... Uh Loki's uh, Loki's saying to uh, the guy the, the guy's saying like oh what's what's going on I've never seen a woman eat like this you know and Loki's making up excuses like oh you know she's she's been so excited to meet you you know she hasn't eaten for a week and all this type of shit it ends up then that Thor just gets really pissed off he rips off this dress picks up his hammer finds his hammer picks it up and kills everyone in the room and he's standing there at the end of the story half naked with still a bit of a dress on holding his hammer with blood <laughs> you know and it's just like this story potentially is like thousands of years old, you yeah. know, and there's so much like comedy. I was know, just that... about to say that sounds very Monty Python. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it is, man. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it. Yeah, right. And the, the the fact that these guys back then, these people, would would make these stories up and laugh. You, you can imagine them sitting around a fire, you know, laughing their fucking yeah. asses off at this story. You know, Big Thor dressed up as like. A, a bride <laughs> with, with, with a with a fistful of mead like you said <laughs> yeah, yeah man what about Welsh mythology if you had the chance to access much of that you know knowing how much you're into Norse mythology do you know much about our mythology as a country and have you been able to low key blend and talk about that on this EP in, in, in your own subtle way I don't think I have man and um, I'm into um, a lot of like um kind of fantasy stuff anyway because again you know like back in the day like Lord of the Rings for instance I didn't know as a kid how influenced I was again by Norse mythology you know like dwarves and all this type of stuff um, but recently I've been watching uh, just finished well I say just finished finished a couple of weeks ago uh, Last Kingdom 
Nice. And they, uh, it, it's historically based, but it's it's a fantasy as well, you know. And they go into Wales, um, okay. and you see you you meet some of the kings, uh, well, a king and some of the tribes that are in Wales at the time, and that's like piqued my interest now. Right. So I'm going to look into it. Um, I can't remember the king's name at the time, like, but there's there's obviously a, a mythology because I remember being a kid. I was fascinated as a kid by. Celtic by Celts and Celtic mythology, um, and I I liked it as a kid. I think we learnt about it in school and really kind of it piqued my interest. But then that disappeared. Then I got into uh, uh, Egyptian mythology. You know, nice. I was fascinated by ancient Egypt, and that was for a very long time. Um, so I haven't really got into um, like Wel- Welsh mythology, um, but from a Celtic point of view, yeah, man, it'd be something that I'm that I really want to look into, really. Could we expect a project in the future with the theme being? Who knows, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows, man? One of the things about this project that we were talking about that's, that's really commendable is the space you give these sonics and the subjects that breathe. It is an air and stillness within parts of this EP. You know, there's extended interludes and breakdowns. and You give you give the choruses the space they need to breathe. And like I say, the subjects. I mean, how conscious of this of a decision was that for you making this? Really, really, yeah, real, really conscious about that. Um, nice. Um, I wanted, I didn't want, especially because of the topics, I didn't want you just to be hit constantly, bombarded, and then the next track will come on and bang, you're bombarded again, kind of thing. So um, with the EP, uh, with the first track of the EP, it slowly builds up. You get this verse, which, you know, lyrically is quite hard hitting, I suppose. Um, then there's a little kind of break. Then there's a hook, but the hook ends quite quickly, and then you're left then with the beat that builds up and then drops back down. And and right. I was conscious that I wasn't just gonna loop it for four bars or whatever. I wanted to leave it, and I didn't I didn't bar count on that. I just left it, listened to it, and I was like, right, that's the right place to stop. And then I stopped it, kind of thing. Like, and so there's no real structure to that in a sense where mm. somebody might say, okay, yeah, you know, you might want the end of your track to be eight bars or 16 or whatever. I was just like, I'm going to stop it where it needs to, where it feels uh, right. And then like a lot of the tracks did have full hooks written to them. Right. But when I was finishing the beats and I'd, I'd record the verses, there were places where I'm like, well, it doesn't need a hook. I'll just do a drop or, yeah. you know, they need some space. You need to be able to just stand back and and then go back into the next verse and um, yeah, I, f- I feel like you said I feel like the the space the space to breathe on the EP is almost a, a, as big as the verses really yeah. and the beats yeah yeah absolutely I mean let's speak about the beats how five out of these tracks are produced by yourself with one being produced by Alchemy yeah. like you said earlier what was the process for most of these beats. It's it's gone through okay. a massive process really because originally I was like right I'm just gonna I'm gonna sample like Norse folk music and I'm gonna use Norse folk instruments and stuff you know Don't. I know a lot of them use like um, antler bones like for the snares and all that type of stuff where um, Blood Eagle uh, I, there is that on there you can hear it in the background where I've sampled um, right. uh, that type of sound so you can hear it on the uh, it, it's the main sound of the snare and then the off bit of the snare as well you've got to be eagle eared to hear that <laughs> <laughs> um, so the original idea was that um, it was going to be Norse folk music and then I was going to mix it crazy then with like sampling crazy electronic music and stuff like this 
um, which has kind of kept it to a certain degree because you've got Fenrir, which is kind of electronic-y sounding, um, produced by Alchemy. Yeah. And then you've got the last track, Ragnarok, then, which is a big electronic sample, boom yeah. bap, but electronic sample kind of beats. And then you've got the other, the, the, the beats in between, really, that do feel more, you know, I've used like a lot of vocal samples, for instance, um, yeah. um, and they're a lot kind of calmer. And um, so for this, so I had a bunch of beats made for the album. I pretty much had a structure in mind for the album. Um, and then what I've done then is I've taken ideas from the album. The only full beat used was Fenrir that was going to be on the album. The rest of them, they've just evolved. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that's the only full beat. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been quite a process, to be honest with you. With Blood Eagle, you, you take what is historically a ritual method of execution, from what I understand. Is that right? Blood Eagle is a ritualistic method of execution? That's right, So man. you're taking that concept, and it's more so a lyrical method of execution with this track. You get very lyrical. You're waxing on with this joint, man. Yeah. It's, it's uh, a great joint. What was your inspiration behind this track specifically, Blood Eagle? So, in general, when, when it comes to hip-hop, like, you know, everyone likes one of those, like, you've got to, you've got to have one on your album, I suppose, mm. like a spitting track, you know, it's punchlines, and, and I've always been that type of rapper anyway, I've always done punchlines and stuff like this, and um, again, l- l- learning about, like, the um, the mythology or even the history, um, I, I wanted to bring in Blood Eagle and then the kind of punchline-y um, type of vibe, but I just thought, like, the name and the vibe, plus also... Um, there was a, um, a ritual in Norse, in Norse uh, history called flighting, and it was actually battle raps. They used to do battle raps. No so, way. Yeah, yeah, serious. Wow. Uh, so you what said flighting. Fly- yeah, it's called flighting. Um, flighting or flighting? Yeah, fly- fly- flighting. Wow. T-I-N-G. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And um, okay. what they would do is they would like it'd be in like a bar or in the streets, and it would be like, your mother's a blah, blah, blah. And like the next person would say something. Right. And then it, it evolved into then that would rhyme sometimes. Um, so the fact that I was already in, like the culture mm. is crazy. And it's almost like rap. Um, I just thought it'd work well. And obviously, yeah, the the, the blood eagle ritual is that, you know, you, you would blood eagle your enemy or traitors especially. Mm. Um and that that method would be that you would cut their it's really gruesome, but you'd cut their lungs out from the back. So you'd break the back, you cut the lungs out and you lift them up like their wings, so it looks like an eagle. Wow. It's grim. Um Wow. We don't we don't know hundred percent whether it's historically accurate, whether they definitely did that, but uh, it's in you know, it's in like writings of all of them and stuff. Written like in this. blood. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like exactly, man. Is how it went down, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's play the track. Cool. This is bloody cool. From the wine, you can see it in my eyes Revenge on my mind, that's the reason they hide Cause their flesh will be eaten by the vultures Blood eagle, red spilling on the altar What I'm saying is I ain't playing or taking a piss So maybe I am with these dicks when they act like a prick You can call me, uh, 
I don't give a fuck, I got ale in my cup and my middle fingers up Give me your beats and I'll beat it up, no vegan, I'll beef it up But even with the deepest cuts, I'm feasting on beast and duck King mentality, not another number pen Woke from his slumber belly, rumbling with hunger Rack of lines that burn like propane in your cocaine Off the rails but on the track, I flow trains at close range Most days are so strange, it's all rage Scrolling through a Facebook page, outside the sky's a stone grave I write the songs to form a bitch slap a Karen ballads Make her rethink her life, even season up a salad Every verse I write spells hazards For every ignorant bastard They get blood eagled up the fastest Opposition no challenge, I've been doing this for days Doing it for years, this is more than a phase Wisdom of the ancients, I'm following ways When the scars are the oldest, I got more than a grace Listen, I ain't got the time for second-hand comments and bullshit I clock the two-face, hands-on numbers reduce quick These days I try and watch, take it in and fathom We'll be feasting tonight after hunting the gammon I ain't got the patience when I'm too sick Mouth's ruthless, wrote every line with a grime plug from my toothpick My mood is something that can switch too quick From raising a drink to being like, what the fuck are you thick? You dishonor me with all your damn ignorance Spark a fuse drop and nuke and all of this cognitive dissonance Flat earth to 5G shared by mass of the status But when you question, you're the sheep or the hater The mentality needs changing, I write it verbatim No biases when knowledge is gained, I'm making a statement The world is fucked up, evil shit spills on the pavement So why the conspiracy fantasy way to explain it? Take away from the truth, fabricating the proof So I get medieval and blood eagle and boot just add to the lie and take a piece from the pie So I get medieval and blood eagle a rhyme Let's talk about Heaven Yeah First track you released from the project Yeah How did that come about? Um so, on this journey of mm. learning about Norse mythology and all this, and, and sampling as well, like, like as a producer, I've learned so much about music in general and cultures in general uh, just, just by sampling. You know, I've listened to so much music that I probably never would have if I wasn't a producer. Um, so, of course, as I said uh, um, a few moments ago, I was looking for Norse music to sample. And um, there's a group called Wardruna, um, and they make some fucking amazing music. Their music's like a modern day version of like Norse folk music. And um, I wanted, I wanted just like kind of like war drums, you know, just rap over these drums and stuff. And I found, I can't remember the name of the track at the moment, but I found this track and I was like, oh, what if I just loop like the drums, like you would with a break? Or if I just loop the drums right. and then just add a build onto it and, and leave it, you know, that's it kind of thing. So originally it wasn't going to go on the EP because when, when, the way I sample, I chop and skew and, and put effects on and stuff like this. But with this, it was literally like a loop and a few little things added and that was it. Um, and then obviously with the, the whole heathen idea, you know, being different to, you know, the, the mainstream crowd and all, and all this type of stuff, it just fit so well. I was like, this has to go on the EP and this has to be the first single. It has right. to be. Um, and of course, this was literally at the beginning of lockdown. Um, We're talking March? Yeah, yeah. March. Yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? March. Yeah. 
March, April, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so it was the beginning of lockdown, so at the time I couldn't make a video. Um, so I got my editing skills out and edited something that went along with the design and the, the colours that I uh, wanted for the EP. And um, yeah, just put out, put it out, and it was the first thing that I dropped solo for a long time, and I didn't expect the fucking response, man. Like, so many people were digging it, and not that I really give a fuck about views and stuff, but you know, when it was on YouTube, it gathered so many views in the, in a couple of days. But what I did was I put it into the Wardruna Facebook group because I was like, I wonder what they would think. Like right. I've had such a, an amazing reaction from hip hop fans. Like, like you've sampled this music that potentially most of them hadn't heard before, mm. and I've rapped on top of it, obviously. But it's still not your typical rap hip hop kind of sounding um, sound. Um, so I thought, I wonder what like the Wardruna fans would think of it. And it had such negative, negative. No. Uh, oh man, you should should have seen it. No. Should have seen it. And um, they a lot of them were like, oh really kind of dissing the fact that it was rap. It, so it's an anti-rap thing more so than a person on attack yeah. of the track itself. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. It, so did an- they even listen to the track? Well, I say, it? Did they? Um, How many seconds did they listen to of that <sighs> track before they're judging it? Exactly, man. And the, I, I initially wasn't going to get involved in any of the conversations. Right. They were just commenting. Sure. It, it was done out of ignorance and... Then the then the comments start alarm bells started ringing on some of the comments, especially because they were focusing on the rap thing, huh. and I'm like, what's going on here? And it, where I said earlier, um, I've recently found that there are elements within oh. Norse culture that are that have got that racist vibe to them, because uh. um, they I don't think they even paid any attention. They didn't know whether I was white or black, to be honest. They with had you. already made their mind up. Yeah, man. Based on the fact that we're talking about a music that is. Historically black. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, I had some conversations with people and realised what the motives were behind some of the comments. Right. Um, and it was just disgusting, man. And then one of them reported the the video uh, to BMG, um, and then the video was taken down then for copyright um, and stuff like that. So um, it it left a bit of a shitty taste does that change your relationship with the actual track you sampled now it didn't it did it initially did at yeah. The time. yeah yeah it did it doesn't now um, right and I, and I still listen to Wardrooner now sure um, and I, I love the stuff they make um, but yeah it it, it it was all you know all of this became part of you know should I release this EP now should ah. I even use Norse mythology as a, as a background and right. all this type of stuff and then you just realise, you know, in general, in life, it's always like the the minority, the small amount of people with the shitty attitudes and the ignorance and stuff that make the loudest noise sometimes. And you can't let that, you can't let these people win. Mm. Um, so it took a little bit of time, but the more I was, the more I was getting deeper into the EP anyway, and the, the direction lyrically the EP was taking naturally anyway, yeah. I didn't have any issue with it. But yeah, it did leave a bit of a taste for a while, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the video for Fenrir. Yeah. Produced by Alchemy, as we said earlier. How did that come about? You mentioned that coming later on after the pandemic, or rather in the pandemic, but when we were able to go outside, of course. Yeah, yeah. So we still... I, I, I still wasn't 100% sure whether I should be making a video at that time, you know. Um, 
so we decided that so originally when I when I when I was thinking about the album originally there was going to be a big video I was going to kind of film it in the woods and have like a mixture of you wearing a bunch of people wearing a mixture of Norse style clothing mixed with like jeans and trainers you know and you'd have sunglasses on or something like that and I'd have some kind of ritual going on and blah 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 and I wanted loads of people involved I wanted you know people dressed kind of Viking looking and all this type of stuff obviously that couldn't happen so I was still I was conscious about kind of whether whether the video should be made or not and so I reached out to um, Jake Jacob Crofts and um because I was a big fan of some of the videos that he'd done previously, and we'd right. never worked together, and we'd had conversations. You haven't? No, no, You've not never before worked that. prior to this video? No, man, no, no. That's surprising. And it was so good, man, because I gave him the idea, like the basic idea, and he was just throwing loads of different ideas, and it was his kind of concept where... Um, so the video starts with me kind of sitting by a fire and I throw some like crazy herbs and, and end up kind of half Viking looking, half, you know, normal kind of thing. Right. Um, and just going on this kind of trippy ride because, of course, the track itself, I've used the story of Fenrir Wolf um, as the story of self-destruction. So the track itself, even though it's called Fenrir, and Fenrir is mentioned every now and then, but the, the, the story is a, a story of drinking and to excess and taking drugs to excess and stuff yeah. like this you know your self-destruction which kind of goes with the um where i talked about odin earlier the the fenrir story just quickly is um that odin has got this foresight you know he's drunk from this well he knows everything that's going to happen and then he foresees the end of the world ragnarok and he sees that fenrir is the one that causes it it causes the end of the world right so what Odin does was, instead of making friends and, you know, having a nice life with Fenrir, he tricks him and gets him chained up. And that chain of chain, chain of reaction, uh-huh. a, a chain of events causes the reaction that is the end of the world. So Odin effectively has used Fenrir to cause his own self-destruction. Right. So that's the kind of metaphor in a way you know of, of the track and that's why it's called Fenrir so I used that story dope I'm going to be honest I listened to that track listened to the project and I was worried about you I, I was worried about you <laughs> you, you you're accessing you're tapping into some really raw places making this project it's mm. a life change it's, it's a life changing project for you artistically as well as a person isn't it yeah man and I mean uh, it, I, to me it's the best music I've ever put out but it's also like you said it's come from a place where right. I've not really opened up that much, um, or yeah, as much as this EP than I have done on any other any other projects before. So, and and again, this this whole Norse mythology backdrop is has been the kind of the the door to being able to talk about the stuff that I talk about. I don't yeah. think without without that kind of without that, like I said, it, it threaded everything together. Without the Norse mythology kind of aspect to it, I don't think I could have you know, got these things out and, and worded them the way that they worded and wrapped them the way that they wrapped and stuff really. So yeah, it's been it's been crazy. Pull me 
another one, the room ain't spinning enough Roll me your blood, what I consumed ain't nearly enough It's funny how living it up sends you to an early grave Fuck it, if I had the soul, you know it would never be saved White lines and whiskey chases, it's time for another caper I'm fine, but I'll see you later, my mind's in a fucking crater Ill from a horn mug, seeing visions of Fenrir Waiting till dawn comes and feeling the ends near I'm seeing demons, and the playing field in even Valhalla after the battle, watch me feasting with the heathens Wintering down, man, I'm building a den here Yeah, I'm high as fuck, I'm having visions of Fenrir Drink till my eyes are swollen, smoke till my lungs are molten Words I've already spoken, slurred, I've already fallen Blurred eyes, I'm barely open, man, it's just a way of coping Self-destruction, wolf without the sheep's clothing Drink till my eyes are swollen, smoke till my lungs are molten Words I've already spoken, slurred, I've already fallen Blurred eyes, I'm barely open, man, it's yeah. just a way of coping Self-destruction, wolf without the sheep's clothing the great even army, I'm feasting in the great hall Celebrating life, I raise a drink up to the day fall So fuck work and you can double fuck off tomorrow Fill my belly up with ale, drinking like my legs are hollow When your mind is full of sorrow When you light another cigarette Twisted by your misdirect and hatred molds your silhouette Let's get pagan as fuck while we're naturing up Numb the pain with a cup until the day's nearly done Sacrifice your demons, believing you don't give a fuck now On the battlefield screaming enemies better duck down Fuck wow Head pounding in the morning I'm hating life again And no, I don't feel like talking Lost, days to the poison It's a life that I've chosen Hear the Valkyries calling As they circle for the fallen I see the signs And I don't know what is meant here In a paralyzed state Having visions of Fenrir Drink till my eyes are swollen Smoke till my lungs are molten Words I've already spoken Slurred, I've already fallen Blurred eyes, I'm barely open Man, it's just the way of coping so were there many tracks from the CP that didn't make the cut? Are there any beats or many lyrics that were scrapped? Yeah, quite a few, man. Um, four, four tracks in total. There's a couple more beats, but okay. four tracks in total. One track that I still would really want to put out maybe is like a single. Um, so there's a, there's a, that, that, that particular uh, track is called Runes, um, or Ruins, as we might call it. Uh, it features a singer called Dunkey. He's like a folk kind of, I, I think he hates being called a folk singer, I've got to say, but he, he's um, a lot of acoustic stuff that he does and really good voice, really just when I approached him about doing the track, just came up with so many cool ideas as well um, and really the only reason why it's not on the EP is it just didn't fit um, you know, the, the narrative of the EP at the time really, because of how the EP evolved from the album it just, it didn't really have a place uh, sonically and also from a storytelling point of view um, it's effectively a love story the track and I based it on um, uh, the story of uh, Ragnar Lothbrok and Lagatha um, uh, who are two kind of prominent figures in uh, Norse history um, and they're the two main characters in the series Vikings um, so I kind of based it on their love story the fact that he he would have been in, in hindsight, he was happy with his life, just being a farmer, um, you know, with his wife and his kids and happy with his life. But he was very, very ambitious and he goes to England and he's part of the first he's part of the first raids in England and he goes to loads of different places and he becomes a Jarl and then he becomes a king and then he fucks it all up and he loses his friends and he ends up dead in a snake pit in England somewhere, you know, at the end and Thanks. he's cheated on his wife and, you know, all this type of stuff. So we're going to take that kind of story. Um, so it was a love story. 
Shouts to the seagulls. Shouts to the seagulls. <laughs> so it was a love story. Um, and then uh, I took a few things from Norse mythology. There's a track called Mead of Poets. Uh, that beat was produced by Alchemy. Um, and it, it took from the story um, of um, these two brothers who basically were <laughs> pretty grim, but basically would uh, killed this guy and used his blood to make this mead. Um, <laughs> so the, the track itself was about people, uh, people who drain, drain you kind of thing, right. you know. Was, right. um, so it, yeah, okay. those kind of roaches and uh, stuff like that. And blood then, suckers. Yeah, blood suckers, sure. man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Energy drainers. Exactly, right. exactly. Um, so that was the kind of metaphor I used for for that track. And then there was another track called Veluspa, um, which just just was me rapping. The uh, uh, a kind of a summary of Norse mythology. So I I started the verse rapping about the beginning, the creation myth in Norse mythology, and end and it ended up with Ragnarok effectively. And that track didn't make any sense considering that's kind of where the EP goes in general. So you don't really want then a track summarizing the EP if that makes sense. So yeah. Um, so yeah. So I kind of scrapped that one as well. Really. Was yeah. there anybody who wanted to get on this project but didn't have the vision that you had i mean it's obviously a featureless project is there anybody you were thinking about or flirting with getting on the project knowing that you're in so many groups and different collectives anyway actually no no i wanted it to i wanted it to be totally you know me driving driving it forward and right. and, and all the although there are so many amazing kind of artists that you know i love making music with or love to make music with um i just didn't want to you know they might have written an amazing verse or a really good verse but if I felt it didn't fit it's just kind of a bit of a waste of time in a yeah. sense really so I wanted it to be kind of driven by myself it was only the fact that this one particular track because of the beats because of the story it just made sense to have like a singer of some sort um you know on there that that a collab made sense really more than anything but yeah in in, in regards to the rest of the EP no I didn't really other than alchemy on a beat um, that was it really let's talk about the BPM survival kit which you had recorded I, I'm guessing at the same time as this EP yeah yeah well talk about that well that was the that was the the first um, the first part of like me getting back into making my own music again really I've always made beats but you know just to kind of like scratch an itch kind of thing more than anything right. um, so when I, when the whole shock of being made furloughed um and realizing that i was going to be spending a lot of time at home um i started writing a book to begin with i've told you about that's it that's right I? that's right How, yeah we need to talk about <laughs> yeah that. well i didn't i didn't i didn't get anywhere with it because i got on the music but sure. i started getting creative so i started writing a book and then there was just an itch and i thought what a what a cool idea it would be to make beats based on because i'm watching a lot of tv at the time like most people were make a beat based on the TV I was watching at the time and then thought, well, what if I put them out once a week for free? And then if people want to use them, people can use them or if people just want to listen. And they ended up having like a really kind of post-apocalyptic sound as well, which yeah. is kind of crazy. Um, so in total, there's like six of them. Um, I have got like two or three more in the hard drive, but I've just never really um, uploaded them. Um, but yeah, they were sampling a mixture of like Mad Max and... Um, Hunters, the series yeah. uh, with Al Pacino, 
Um, so yeah, it was cool. I, I listened back, listened back to them, and they they've got a haunting. All of them as well. It's crazy. They've got like a haunting post-apocalyptic kind of vibe to them, which was really up for the time. You know? So you're releasing a beat every week, which people are able to flex and and, and be creative with. Six tracks, six six different films and shows, including Hunters, Four Ragnarok, like you say, The Mandalorian, Mad Max, The Last Kingdom, and Fury Road. Yeah. What what else are you what What are you watching whilst you're making this project specifically, Edda? Is there anything you're listening to? Is there anything you're watching? What are you consuming? Are you, are you. It was at the time. It was a um, it was uh, a lot of well, not a lot of music because I find that when I'm when I get into that vibe, I don't want to be um, influenced too right. much. But um, I was listening um, on repeat to a lot of uh, Royce, Royce to Five Nines um, nice. music, especially his album at the time. So I'm listening to that album quite a bit. I was listening right. to old right. kind of Run the Jewels albums. Um, and that was kind of it, really, because Royce had the, had not that I'm saying, not that I'm saying I'm anything like him, but he had the kind of wordplay and flow that, I like and I like to rap to and then uh, run the jewels, especially the older stuff, had the kind of electronic side that the EP, was, the, the album was originally going to take. Right. Um, so they were, they were kind, they, they did kind of influence um, the album slightly. Um, and then from a, from a TV point of view, I was watching, I was just binge watching series and, and films and stuff. Um, so it was, it was like Last Kingdom, um, that kept me on the kind of Viking vibe. Um, yeah. uh, I watched Blood Machines. Um, oh, Shudder. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, strange, beautiful looking, beautiful looking. Um, and again, from the colours, like I've used a lot of bright pinks in uh, the way that I promoted the, album, uh, the EP, um, from the Coming Soon trailer to the Out Now trailer to some bits of extra artwork and stuff to promote it. There were loads of bright pinks and stuff like this and Blood Machines are all pinks and purples and greens, kind of the same bright, vibrant yeah. vibes and stuff like that. So yeah, just just stuff like that, man. By the way, the name of the Royce album isn't Allergy, it's Al- Allegory. Allegory. No, Allegory. Allegory. Yeah, Allegory, yeah. right, right. Which I wasn't aware of what the concept was back then. So shouts to Royce for, like you, putting together a project that educated you know, the masses, um, an incredible album, much like this EP. And I'm not saying that because we're friends. It's honestly your best piece of work to date. Thanks, man. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Um, yeah. You you feel, do you have any favorite tracks on a project? Um, Blood Eagle, I think is my favorite on the, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got, much more of a love for this EP because of what I've put into it. Um, yeah. We were talking before we started uh, recording. Um, I a- again from the whole and this is messed up, messed up thing, isn't it? Really, we've gone through a situation which is quite horrible. You know, considering a lot of people have got ill and even died off a, a, a global pandemic, um, but it's also created this this creativeness and with, with a lot of people mm. as well. And I mean, I learned how to mix and master um, during lockdown, you know? And right. it's like, I sat there and, and le- well, learned as much as I could, you know? Um, and so I've mixed and mastered this EP. The, the whole idea when it was originally an album, I was going to send it off, pay for it, you know, get somebody else to do it. 
But it's even the sound, the mix and mastering, like, like it's got a lockdown sound, I call it. It's like, <laughs> lockdown it, sound. And it's just every, like, I wanted to make sure that everything was under my control. And so I, you know, you have the time. Who else are you working with right now? Is there anybody else you're working with right now? I mean, we mentioned at the start of the podcast the many groups you're a part of, including Dirty Alex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hellions. Yep. And Knights of Hell. Yes. So, Knights of Hell, um, right. we've been making an EP for the last, like, five years. <laughs> Long time um, coming. Oh, man, seriously. It's, we, we've, um, Alchemy, um, the main producer of Knights of Hell, um, always uh, sets up new WhatsApp groups <laughs> for, <laughs> for us. Um, and it's always like, Knights of Hell, again, ha, ha, ha. Knights of Hell, you know, part seven and all this type of stuff. And, um... Uh, so I thought it was that was it we weren't going to do anything with it Knights of Hell is like Knights of Boom and Hellions in one so you know that's where the name comes from kind of thing um, and I thought it was I thought it was done and dusted we're not going to we're not going to do anything with it and then he gave it a try again in fairness to him uh, set up another fa- uh, uh, WhatsApp group. what was it called? let me, let me grab we got it, it we yeah, got, this is important this is important man you're listening definitely. to Fly Fidelity special guest D.W. Smith so the the new uh, WhatsApp group is called Knights of Hell for fuck's sake. Smiley face, <laughs> smiley face, smiley face. <laughs> um, but and again, I think it's just the right time. Um, all of us, other than Dick Dastardly, has recording facilities now. Um, Dope. So it's it's just coming together. So we're re-recording all our verses, writing a few extra things. Um, and yeah, we're working on an EP now, um, and then uh, with the the band that I'm in, uh, Dirty Alex, um, we met up for the first time um, in four months uh, to do a little kind of jam session. How was that? Really good, man. It was a sunny day. We were outside, um, yes. and yeah, it was really, really good. Full uh, band. Full band, other than no, Ort Ort Kuiper wasn't there, uh, and nor was Sam Jones, our singer. Um, she's in Spain at the moment, and Ort had other things he had to do. So it was me, Dick Dastardly, and, and and the band. We all brought our own mics and stuff, so we were all socially distanced and um, clean, and we literally came up with four tracks. Wow. I'm just lo- absolutely loving the vibe and off the stuff cuff. off the cuff. Yeah, started writing lyrics and working on flows and all this type of stuff so uh, we've, we've got a track that's just been mixed um, potentially going to be our mm. first single uh, for a long time um, so we'll see how that goes um, but yeah the idea is hopefully we'll we'll drop a few singles like this year uh, or the beginning of next year and just see how it goes really so. see where it goes we're, we're a band that that used to do a lot of gigs and we had a lot of gigs and festivals lined up this year which unfortunately were cancelled Um we were literally two days away from our first um, performance in London uh, when the venues were all closed for uh, COVID. Um, so, yeah, so we had a couple of gigs in London coming up, Bristol, and then a lot of festivals. I think we had six festivals this year, which uh, all, all, of course, rightly so, were all cancelled. Um, so, yeah, so it's nice to get back kind of into that side of things as well. And, I, you know, the whole live music thing is just a completely different aspect. Um, and... From a gigging point of view, you get such a good crowd yeah. when you're in a band. Such a good crowd, you know. No disrespect to 
the hip hop scene, but you know it's either dead or a sausage fest. <laughs> when you do a hip hop gig, it had to be said, man. Um, and you can do a hip hop gig one Friday and it'd be absolutely rammed. Next week or a month later, it'd be dead. You know, and, and I kind of got bored with that whole thing. Um, and a lot of the time, it'd be you'd be performing to a crowd, and all those crowd were just MCs that just wanted the mic. You know. Mm. Um, and then I go to then gigs with the band and you know mixes of sexes and ages and whatever um, most mainly rammed small venues don't get me wrong but you know packed uh, very rarely you perform to an empty um, an empty room kind of thing which is always a good vibe when you're a performer and like the fact that you know that you're not just performing to a set beat the band gets excited and speeds up. So you've got to speed up as a rapper. Sometimes they slow down. Um, sometimes you fuck up and you don't have to turn around to the DJ then and say, rewind the, the track or whatever. They'll just carry on playing. They know we're all vibing. And so it's a lot more, well, it feels a lot more organic when you There's do There's an ascension on your limits creatively. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the ways people, one of the ways artists have been navigating in the absence of venues is by way of putting on virtual events. You guys did a virtual event with DJ Khaled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Was, uh, what was of, it? Uh, Murph was Rising. Dumb, yeah, it was part of Murph Rising. So they contacted us. Um, so if they do do a venue, an outdoor venue um, next year, we've been invited to do that. But uh, yeah, so they, they put something that went out live on YouTube. They had a space for some artists to go to and, and um, like a stage and everything, which was really cool. We couldn't do that, so we ended up recording three of our track, two of our tracks, sorry, uh, all separately. And um, our drummer, uh, Greg, put everything together, and um, yeah, it's re- it was real, really fun. Um, I loved it. Really, really fun. I've been meaning to do the same kind of thing for my EP. Um, so the idea was I was going to perform a couple of tracks live and put them up. So that's still an idea. Um, just see how it goes but yeah I, I, I wanted to do it right at the beginning when, when it came out um, but just all these other things I'm doing at the moment I've just not got around to it in fairness but I think it's really important to kind of keep the visual like live aspect alive really um, and not just be almost faceless musicians kind of thing really Speaking of Jaffa Cakes Go Hard I know a lot of you guys in the group have mixed feelings on the track do you ever personally feel that pigeonholes the group yeah 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 i mean um it was a track created drunk at a festival right um and we never thought that we'd ever make an actual recorded track let alone a video and and stuff like this right um when we recorded at the first festival we were at everyone absolutely loved it um of and course. then the fact that we've got, you know, like a bloody scientist in our group as well, shouts to Kuiper. Um, he went from the legal aspect to the scientific aspect of a cake and a biscuit and the differences <laughs> and, all, and all this type of stuff. And then it became a really popular track when we performed at the local scene. And then when we performed at Boomtown last year, people came into the tent with boxes of Jaffa cakes, you know? <laughs> 
crazy. It's become this phenomenon. Well, like low-key, but right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, man. It's, right. like, it's just crazy. I wasn't expecting... I was expecting what we normally would do is throw boxes of Jaffa cakes at people, but they were people <laughs> throwing Jaffa cakes at us. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, but yeah, you are right, though. It, it To me, it does feel like um, some of the times we're pigeonholed, um, um, which I'm happy to perform the track and I'm happy that the track exists but the to me not that everything needs to be serious but to me um we've got some serious talent in the group and I just I, you know I don't want to be known, don't want to be known as the Jaffa Cake band you know I want to be known for some of the amazing music that you know that we can put out really and, and have put out you know like our last EP DA um was a really good mu- musically it was really really good yeah. um it's something I'm really proud of. And there's themes on that project which sadly exist today again, mm. when, especially when it comes to politics and Brexit. Yeah, yeah. Where do you yeah. stand on some of those themes today now? It's just annoying that, you know, that there, there are people that... And my ignorance, um, I never knew that there were so many people that have the views that they have. Right. Um, you know, it's really just annoying that that even though the track Brexit for instance is set at that time mm. the lyrics and the views in the track are still mm. so relevant uh, yeah. at the moment based on how people are um, I just I just just find it just the whole thing just feels so surreal um, you know the fact that you've got uh, a bunch so say we're talking about the UK the fact genetically you've got a bunch of people that genetically are from all over Europe <laughs> you know you know you've as a as a British person as a white British person in general your genetic makeup is you know potentially German Norse French um, Spanish and you don't like foreigners coming into your country like, it's just it's just it's so surreal you know yeah. it's just it doesn't make any sense to me it really doesn't and then really obviously doesn't. when you think about America and the fact that if you are a European American, a white European American, you are the invader still. Mm. Regardless of whether you were born there, mm. your genetic, your family history mm. is not indigenous to those lands and you still are ignorant to foreigners and still your, your country was built on slavery and, and bringing people, force bringing people from other lands and you still... Make America Great Again, but it just it right. just we're, blows we're, my mind. Man. We're in the weirdest timeline where people are trying to redefine the term racism. Yeah. And it's insanity. I mean, how do you explain the motive behind something as absurd absurd as that? You can't. You can't, can you? you how, can. how can you? You can't. You, you really can't. I mean, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, that the whole track the first track on my ep mimi as well talks about you know the fact that as a white dude i've had to step back and mm. reevaluate maybe some of the things that i've said out of innocence mm. but are still part of this white privilege because we i think a lot of people have done it the th- years ago when i when somebody first said that i had white privilege as a white person your initial reaction was, wait there, I'm, I've been broke all my life, you know, I've been, yeah. I come from, I come from, you know, equally poor background as any, but it's not about that, you know, it's not about the financial situation, it's your privilege based on where you are in society, 
Um, the difference is I didn't go on Facebook or social media and start ranting that you know that I was always poor and blah blah blah. I stopped, had conversations, read about stuff before I was vocally you know um, loud about stuff kind of thing really. And so it, it, when I when I was like that, it didn't come from a place of ignorance, which unfortunately a lot of people do, especially online. You know, you still get this like knee jerk reaction, and somebody's got to post something, and, and it comes out of anger and and an ego. Um, um, and unfortunately, you, I have tried to conversate with quite a few of these people, um, and you don't get anywhere. You and don't. that's what's sad. That's you really don't. sad. I mean, the reality of the situation is that unfortunately, white people have a different set of keys navigating in a structural society and system than people of color do. Totally, and I just find the whole thing absurd. And embarrassing um, that in 2020 we're in a time where this is still happening. So embarrassing, man. So it embarrassing. Is. Some of the some of the conversations I've been part of, um, these people embarrass me, um, and I've never been, um, I've never been kind of the the white guilt guy, um, or the uh, embarrassed because I've always seen because this is, I suppose this is part of privilege as well, isn't it? I've always seen like oh they're the racists, they're the idiots. I just happen to be white as well, kind of thing, but we're in it. We're in a different. Yeah. We're more open now, um, and I just wish everybody else could just take a step back before making these brash comments. Before you know, just actually drop losing the ego, yeah, and conversate, ask questions instead of making statements. You know, um, and it feels even more. I just, you know, I, I just. Obviously, I could never totally relate to anybody, uh, you know, any black person that's gone through the shit that they've gone through. They must, feel, you know, a lot of people must feel like it's so hopeless. And you, as a white dude, you can only have like a taster of that, I suppose, because you have the conversations with these people and it does fucking feel hopeless. It feels like we're not going to go anywhere. It feels like we're not going to move. We're not going to grow. And that's fucking horrible, man. Until we, until everybody accepts that this is a problem of hours that we have as much as it's a problem of black people yeah and people of color we have to accept that the only way it's going to change is for us to change it is white people yeah man and it's going to take every single person to have that mentality totally yeah you know yeah and that's why i feel so hopeless because yeah. you know people people are more vocal about it now we're obviously this is this these feelings have always existed, right? But they've been hidden because yeah. they haven't had the soapbox to stand on and just shout been about them. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all coming out now, you know. And it's the, some of the conversations I had during the um, some of the marches, the Black Lives Matter marches, oh. and instantly these people find reasons to put these marches down. So, oh, they're all going to catch COVID. This oh. is disgusting. Blah blah blah. But then they all on the streets crammed in together celebrating VE Day. It's fucking. It's, it's wild. It's, yeah, it is, man. It is. Um, it's one of the questions you ask on a project where did it all go wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that, th- th- that was the original title of the track, believe really? it or not. Yeah, yeah, for the album. Um, um, but it's, it's, it's so true. Kind of when I was adding. Lyrics to that track and taking some out and making it more, you know, more relevant for the time and flow better and stuff like this. That question was just 
constantly in my mind as I was writing the track. You know, where did where did we go wrong? Yeah. How have we got how have we got here? You know? Yeah. And obviously it's been wrong for a very fucking long time. Um and hopefully I, I'm talking about how hopeless it is, but hopefully having these conversations um and airing the conversations might help yeah. slowly. Um I think this project really exists as a centerpiece around healing. Mm. Yeah, definitely, yeah. We talked about these concepts earlier, one of the concepts being rebirth. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got to change. Totally, man. Right now. Yeah. I think we're in a time where it's at a boiling point right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we got elections in the States around the corner. We're half hours approaching. Yeah, yeah. How do you see the future of live music shows wow yeah well that's yeah that's that's another thing because of course venues are are under threat again mm. i mean cardiff has always been one of the most puzzling places um you know we say that we uh that we're welsh and we come from the fucking land of song and music's part of our culture as welsh people and the amount of venues that play live music uh, has dwindled massively over the last few years in general anyway. Yeah. And of course, when COVID happens, and is happening, um, it's threatening most venues now, you know, and I don't see the, I don't see the support. I don't see the support, the support from people like me and you, but, you know, where it, where it counts in a sense, you know, the people with the money that yeah. keep, keep these places open and stuff. I don't see... I don't see the support. You know, where we are lost, those people? Where are they? Yeah. We lost Goody Who before this happened, which was a tiny little venue, but was such an integral part to the music scene in, mm. in Cardiff and in Wales in general. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we all cared deeply about losing that place and we fought to try and keep it. But, you know, where, where's the support from the people up there? And, and now we're, we're worrying about uh, the moon. Um, the Moon Club is potentially going to close. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. This is this is news to me. Oh, this right. is the first time I'm hearing it's, about this. Yeah, they, they're they're under threat. Uh, yeah, um, and that's that's you know it's it's a concern, man. Wallaby like, Street is cursed. It feels like it is. It mm. feels like it is. Um, so yeah, so that's a, that's a concern. Um, and w- what I've liked during this period is watching um, small businesses like flourish mm. um, they've all thought of different ways to get their product out there whether it's through deliveries or you know little doorways where they can hand you know coffees out yeah. and um, a lot of small businesses have really got creative goes back to you know however a lot of people have become very creative during this period yeah. uh, small businesses have done it you know um, and the big businesses haven't had that kind of creativity to um, push their project but yeah. uh, their, their products but um, I'm just concerned that there's no there's no help um, in regards to music venues and small music venues in this situation really because how you know it's it's not saying it's okay and it's easy but it's easier to find a way to sell coffee than it is to uh, open a venue get acts in to perform but at the same time keeping everything socially distanced and safe and mm. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's worrying times, man. It's worrying times. And I, 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 I love the fact that people are, you know, performing from home and, you know, putting up live streams and, and all this type of stuff. But, you know, we need venues, like. We need physical spaces. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I never, I never thought that it would be a problem um, where we would see so many spaces just unavailable mm. in my lifetime mm. for shows. Yeah. So what's coming out next, man? Um, so yeah, so uh, like, like I said earlier, Knights of Hell stuff, um, hopefully a single or two with Dirty Alex. Um, and then I, well, I've got a feature um, with Sacred. Uh, he's a local rapper if you haven't heard of him um, and I have also recorded a track um, uh, for an American project um, oh god I can't remember his name now Dusty Fingers the project's called um, and I, I mentioned earlier that I, I've not put out a full album in the over 10 years that I've been recording music um, I'm working on a full album now with um, DJ Alchemy Wow. Yeah, man. So cats out the bag. Cats out the bag, wow. man, yeah. Alchemy he, in D.W. Smith. He sent, me, uh, he sent me a load of beats the other day, and I fucking come. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good, man. And it, it, it literally came from the back. We've always talked about um, potentially doing a project or okay. just giving me some beats and, uh, you know. Um, but it came off the back uh, of um, DJ Jaffa listening to the EP, and giving me uh, giving me his feedback on the EP, and um, obviously there's a track with Alchemy on on the EP, and uh, uh, Jaffa said that if I made an album with DJ Alchemy, we could be like Cardiff's prime. I love that. <laughs> and I love that. I was like, nah, there's no no way. And then, <laughs> so I just mentioned it to Alchemy, and he was like, yeah, definitely, let's do it, especially because we've got Jaffa's blessing, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, he sent me some beats the other day. I've already got one track written, um, and I started writing some, you know, bits uh, kind of thing. Uh, but it'll be a full album. Yeah. Would Would you like Prime have a group name together, or would it? Have you thought as far ahead as the group name or project? Name? We might do. Yeah, he's yeah. he's involved in a number of different kind of projects where he's got kind of group names with, yeah. with those people. So I suppose it would make sense. Yeah. Um, he does have a primo style to his beat production as well. Um, the way he chops his samples and the types of samples he uses and stuff like this. Um, so we've got to be careful that we're not, you know, kind of copying the, right. the prime kind of vibe, uh, especially because I'm a massive fan of Royce. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've got to be careful with that. It's got to be our own, our own thing. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to, to get properly started on it get recording um and start building up the the vibe of the album um uh coming from a conceptual ep mm. to then working on an on an lp um mm. i've got to just kind of clear my mind now and then start kind of afresh um with, with this uh with this album so uh, i haven't really got any kind of concept at the moment for it other than the beats he sent me are fucking banging. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to rap on them. This? How do I yeah, top Yeah, this? exactly, right, man. Right. Yeah. So what about Edda and a potential physical release in the future? Are, are we likely to see a CD, see any vinyl? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. So nice. um, don't, wanna, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fucking multi-platinum fucking selling artist, but the amount of... like It's done really well on Bandcamp, and the amount of people that have spent their hard-earned money on physically buying my EP is mind blowing. Um, my the only time uh, a release I put out did 
a lot of numbers was uh, an EP I put out years ago called Raw, um, and it was my first um, Spotify and iTunes release and on all of this, and it did a big number of streams. Didn't see a lot of money from it, but did a big number of streams and stuff like this. And but then it didn't do very well on Bandcamp. Well, this is the opposite. Ed has done really well on Bandcamp, but he hasn't got like a massive amount of streams on Spotify and stuff. But of course, with the Bandcamp thing. I've got money saved up from uh, you know people buying it, so it only makes sense to put that money back um, into a physical product. So yeah. uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking CDs. Um, nice. Yeah, especially with the artwork. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it would look really good uh, on on CD and stuff. You know, like a bright fucking pink CD, and yeah. the, the the back would be black. And so yeah, so I'm seriously thinking about that. I've contacted a couple of companies already, kind of short runs, so maybe like print off like. 250 to begin with or something like this so everyone that's paid um i'll potentially obviously send them a cd and stuff as well yeah. in there um Dope. so yeah so that's that's the idea um it's just getting around to him or anything Absolutely. um because i've done all the artwork myself it's all about getting the sizing right um working out how to do the artwork for the actual cd itself because i've never done that before mm. and again it would be something that i'd want to do 100 percent myself yeah um to go along with how i've made the uh, the ep um, so I wouldn't want to get anyone else involved in that, other than obviously physically printing, and I have to, you know, physically printing and sending out the uh, actual product. But yeah, I want to get all that done myself. So yeah, getting around to it. But the the benefit of the situation is I've made enough money from selling the EP to make the CDs. It's great. It's great, man. To be able to do it, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to having that physically in my hands, and like you say, seeing that artwork shine. And look the way it's supposed to look. Yeah, in reality. It's a yeah. great cover, man. What about the visuals for this album? Any more videos coming out? Do you have any more plans? We've spoken about ideas you've had in the past. So I wanted to make one more video um, okay. for the EP. And I was always looking to make a video for Mist. Um, yes. And the idea would just be kind of pink mist in a forest and me trying to find my way through and and all this type of stuff i don't know whether that's going to happen now i mean ideally if i had a budget and we could get people together i would make a video to ragnarok um mm. you know part a big massive party at the end of the world like you know it's mm. uh, um i just think it's a damn good concept for a video it'd look amazing um you know i've, I've always had the vision um of a club that's open and you've got clouds everywhere and everyone's getting drunk and getting, you know, hey, it's the end of the world, kind of like a New Year's Eve kind of vibe. But right. when 12 midnight hits, that's the end of reality kind right, of thing. Right. <laughs> um, so I've always had this kind of concept um, for the video, but is it realistic that I could, you know, realistic that I could make that? Probably not, to be honest with you. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I've learned a lot from making this EP. So I'm going to take everything I've learned and then put that into the album. For instance, uh, I didn't send a lot. Of, I didn't send any radio edits out. I've had people asking me for radio edits to play on on the radio. Um, I've made made the press pack and done all of that. Um, and I ummed and ahed about even doing that in the first place because I don't I don't swear for the sake of swearing in my music. I might do when I'm talking, but I don't do it in my music. If there's a swear word in my music, it's there for a reason. Um, not that I think swear words are a problem anyway, they shouldn't be, but that's, an, that's a whole different conversation. Um, so I was really, really against um, 
doing a radio edit to be honest with you uh, and it's kind of why I still haven't in fairness <laughs> um, I have sent my EP to people um, and it has been played on radio stations like internet radio stations nice. where um, they can play swear words and stuff but yeah. BBC won't like obviously wouldn't touch it and, and stuff like that because you know they there are the odd swear word that I haven't cut so uh, moving forward, I think I would definitely choose a couple of tracks that definitely would be singles on the EP, and I would definitely do a radio uh, on the album. Sorry, that I would, I would do radio edits for and send them out nice and early. I think I've learned that from putting out the EP. Right. Um, like think about that before it's even recorded. Um, I think that that's something that definitely. I think I'm probably going to mix the album again myself. I think. Nice. Um, I think even though obviously if I paid somebody that's gone through uni and, and, and so on, they would, you know, make it radio, you know, the sound radio ready kind of thing. But I just, I really did enjoy the process of mixing and mastering and learning how to do it and then creating my own sound on the vocals and all of this. It's still got, you know, like a, a it sounds polished, but it's still got like that muddy kind of sounds that you only get from you know, doing things yourself at Being in the driver's seat. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about yourself putting out older releases and remastering those releases. Is that something you will be doing in the future? Putting out more releases on Spotify and Bandcamp particularly? Yeah, definitely, man. Um, What's coming? So I'm thinking about um, kind of remastering um, a couple of my older EPs. Uh, Black Rainbow and Raw and Dirt are probably the, the ones that I'll, that I'll do because I think that I could quite easily although I don't have the stems for them anymore I think I could put an overall master on them now that will really kind of lift them mm. uh, and make them bang a bit more because um, it's, my, it's my one regret I listen to you should always listen to your old music and be critical and, and hopefully see how much you've grown since you've released that you know that particular thing um, and I always hope that I listen back and think amazing you flowed that good you didn't just settle and record something and it didn't flow to the beat and then you listen to it and cringe afterwards um and your lyrics were good for the time and maybe they still hold up and maybe they don't but the one thing that i am very critical especially after making um, edda is the fact that the music that i put out before isn't mixed properly okay it isn't um and i thought it was at the time i was winging it um other than tracks that I did send off to be mixed, of course, um, which I did do, but when I do an EP, I would record it myself in my house um, and mix it myself. And before Edda, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, really. <laughs> I was just trying to copy what I was seeing in videos, not understanding the process and stuff, like we said earlier. Um, so I think like to remaster some of the old stuff and put them back, put them back out sounding closer to the level of Edda, that would be great because then I could look back and I could listen back to it and, and be a bit more proud kind of thing, really. Yeah. How do, how do you look back on the time we're talking about recording these tracks? How do you access that moment of nostalgia as an artist and as a person, you know, reflecting on those times? Get stoned or drunk and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because... Like, how do you feel about those times um, when you reflect? So... Um, Straight away, I know Ed is recent, but it's it, it happened at such a crazy period in yeah. in history now. You know, yeah. like our kids, grandkids, whatever, are going to be taught about this this situation. Right. You know, in school, in school, um, and it's had such a massive impact on the world. So even now, like 
me and my girlfriend got a bit drunk last night, and um, before we went to bed, because I knew that we were doing this as well, I put on two of the tracks from my EP, played it, uh, you know, through YouTube, and it's. I've always tried to listen to my own music as another person, so I try and think, well, if I heard this, if I just found it randomly on Spotify, which is how I find a lot of music, like, would I like this? Right. W- would I would I think it sounds amateur, or does it sound good? Like, is the flow right? Are the, do the lyrics grab me? Is the beat good? And all this type of stuff. So I've always tried, and of course you can't totally do that because you know it's you, yeah. um, but I've always tried to do that, and... Um, listening to older stuff yeah you you remember you know certain things you've gone through and and the reasons why you've written that and yeah there's a nostalgia there, there are some times where I'm not, I'll listen to old tracks and, and think why can't I write like that anymore like yeah. wow like when you're a bit younger you do sound a little bit hungrier in your yeah. voice um, yeah. I know I know for a fact that as I've got older my flow is more laid back than it used to be but at the same time I'm also focusing more on the sound of my vocals where I go into a studio or record at home before and as long as I got it nailed I got the verse right and the flow was right I wasn't always thinking about the tone of my voice mm. and tone is like a massive part of it people are underestimated totally right? man totally and, and I really focused it on on this EP especially on Edda um, focused on my tone because I wanted the tone to be different in certain places on tracks so for instance in uh, uh, Mimi as well um, not that I shout, but the tone starts off quite calm, but firm, and then it gets a little bit more erratic. Right. Um, and then um, on Blood Eagle, um, it's a punchline track, so you would expect maybe for me to go in crazy attack it, but I don't. I stand back a little bit and, and just make the statements, Shadowly. you know? Um, uh, so, yeah, you know, um, yeah. looking back, definitely you can see how much that side of things has, has grown and the, it's the mentality of it all as well. You know, like I said, you'd go, back in the day you go into a studio and I'm going to smash this beat up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill it. And um, you go in there, you know, all guns blazing, shouting on a beat and then you look back and you think, if you just chilled out a little bit on that yeah. track, you would have killed it even more. Like, right. Or better, way better, you know. And um, so that's another thing, you know, the, that I look back on and yeah, kind of see that I've learned from.